How much? Thanks. You ain't doing crazy. We ain't doing it no more. Yeah. We here. See us when you see us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, they're joining in. Come on, join on in. Go tell somebody. Go on, tap your neighbor. Tell them we on here. What's today? April what? 29th? Yeah. April 29th, 2020. 2020. April 29th. You're already at me, champ. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. We bringing Breon here tonight. Breon here tonight. Yeah. Can you flex your pecs? Okay, all right. Yeah. We already have. Flex, yeah. flex your pecs for him, Jerry. Show me your pecs. What, Show me your pecs, baby. Mm-mm. That ain't me. <laughs> that ain't me. That's you. Um, Buff nigga. Where we at? We gonna find him. Brian, let me know when you're in here. What Brian on there? Hmm? I know he under there on the eight, under an alias. No, the real, the real Brian Prescott. He had another page that was faking, that was pretending to be his page that had almost like ten thousand uh right, ten thousand followers. That's how you get popping. That's when you popping. Cardiac, what up, baby? What up, dog? Where the where the pack at? Where's the pack? Niggas need that cardiac pack. It's happening right now. I need the cardiac pack. You know I need it. You know what we do? It's album time. It's album mode. Album mode. Need that business. Okay, Ghana, yeah. Mm-hmm. Why, why don't y'all sing for us? We can't hear them, Jay. Hmm? We can't hear them. Yeah, I'm saying we could tap somebody in if they want to do it. You know what I mean? A little, a little song? <laughs> the pack is here and ready. Say less. That's what I like to hear, Cardiac. The pack is ready. Well, let me see if he's on here again. Oh, there he is. There he is. Let's get Breon in here. Let's get Breon in here. Oh, here he comes. Here he comes. Mm -hmm. Man himself. That's what I've been waiting on. Yeah. Waiting on, waiting on the real Breon. Hey. 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 What's the deal? Yeah, my nigga. What's cracking, man? What up, bro? Y'all niggas look like y'all a group right there. <laughs> <laughs> you, you always trying to sign some shit. <laughs> hey, man, I signed Hey, that young nigga to the right right there, boy. But I'm telling you, they don't know about that nigga. Hey, Jay, what was your artist's name? Let me ask y'all some goddamn questions. No, Hold no, on. no, 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 no. Hold on. I know. We're going to get to that. But we got to get to where it started. You want to know where it started? You're part yeah. of the start, Jay. Let's, let's talk about let's, you. Let's talk about it. Let's All talk right? about it. <laughs> Take you didn't notice, did you? Say what? You ain't know me and Jay's history, man. We gotta tell him about that. You ain't know me and Jay's history. Yeah, no, you just running it down for me. Oh man, man, this nigga JJ Valentine, the artist, Electro Records. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, me and Brian go back a good twenty years. Yeah, but, man, yeah. for real. That was my, that, twenty years. That's my little brother, man. I called my little brother because he came in. I think was that nigga was dynamic, man. Uh, Merlin, Bob, and Sylvia signed. It's like, man, we got this little young nigga that's gonna be it. I was like, shit, I see that light skinned nigga. I said, yeah, he gonna be it. I said, I, 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 I got to test him out though. And then we went down to basketball city. We started hooping. Yeah, I said, basketball okay. city hooping. Playing one on one bumping. I said, okay, yeah. cool. We got some big at him. As long as he can play basketball, we good. So, you know, athlete, we can play basketball. I mean, he got rhythm. He can dance. So he can dance and sing. Yeah, all right, man. <laughs> that's that's yeah. the that's the foundation of our friendship, nigga. Yeah, nigga. When we first met at the Underdogs, nigga, we got tight going to hoop. That's it. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's something about that. You know what I'm saying? Getting yeah. on that court and seeing what it, seeing what a, seeing what a dude is made of. Right. Let you know if you want to be part of it or not. Oh, his Teddy, oh, hey, Teddy Riley right. kicking in right. on the dog and then pause. Right. Oh, right. calling you. Somebody oh, calling. Oh, no, that, uh, no, that ain't me. That, uh, no, that ain't me. He, he called. He called. We hot on the line. Your line. So look, yeah. we've been. I've been. I watched <laughs> a few. I watched a few of your lives, man. You've been. You've been going live and um, and really getting some information out there with a few few dope people, because you know damn near everybody. Right. Um, what I didn't see, and maybe you have covered it, but. You know what I'm saying? I would really love for the people to understand your origin, like where it all started for you in terms of the music business, because you got you got some real history, you know what I'm saying, right. in the music business, you know what I'm saying, and where you came from, and then we'll ask you some questions, you know what I'm saying, about where you are today. Right, right. So shit, it's, it's pretty deep, man, because when you start to say that, I had to reminisce and think about where I really started, because it, it came from... We talk about basketball. I finished up my, my career. I played. I went to Wake Forest for a year, and I left there because I, you know, I was in a basketball scholarship, and that's all I thought that I wanted to do. I left there. I was giving an example. Um, I played for a guy. He's passed now. Old guy. His name is uh, Jeff Capel. So you would know him by his father, uh, his son, uh, Jeff Capel Jr. Yeah. Right. I played at Duke. So I played for his dad. He tr he left Wake Forest, and then he went to um, Fayetteville State. Right, so I transferred. You know, Wake Forest was pretty white at that time. You know, it was, it was great in ACC school, but I got a whip to the, of the black college life. You know, my dad told me, because he went to Virginia Union, and, and I was like, okay, cool, I understand what this is. He said, man, you can play in front of 10,000 people, but there can be 10,000 black, 10, black people. And I was like, man, that don't exist. And, you know, what you see now in the CIAA tournament has been around for years, and I was able to play in that and, and, and garner that and understand that. So I played for him there, had a great career there, and then we went to uh, Atlanta and played Clark Atlanta University uh, my, my sophomore year, right? And, and free Nick at an all-time high. It was Clark, Morehouse, and Morris Brown. And uh, yeah. uh, needless to say, Tank, I, I, I called my coach in the wintertime. I was like, Coach, uh, it was been a great run. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a transfer to Clark, uh, Clark Atlanta University. Man. Off the free Nick? Yeah, off the freak neck, bro. I, I went to freak neck, and if y'all know me, you know y'all know me. Just like they, said, like they seen me dancing and all this kind of shit. I was in Atlanta. I was like, man, what in the hell is this? Cars on Peachtree, it's going yeah. down, and I'm yeah. playing basketball with you know black folk in 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 a, in a gym fully packed in Atlanta, Georgia at that time. Yeah, you know, coach, I ain't coming back. You know, don't don't worry about it. I love you. Thank you for everything you've done. And uh, as long as it was transfer, uh, my scholarship was transferred. My parents didn't have no problem with that at that time, so I was on. And I mm -hmm. know that started my career in Atlanta, Clark, man, and played basketball. And you know, you know, you think you're gonna go pro at that time from a small SIAC school, and that, that was great. I was, you know, all American at that school and did great. And Atlanta was too much for me, you know. Graduated, but that, Atlanta was just on fire, and so I started yeah. to be on fire and got caught up in in Atlanta. In the peach tree of it, man, and you know, ended up graduating. But as I was graduating, if you know anything about Atlanta, at the time, uh, Shaka Zulu was there, um, uh, Ludacris was there, which is you know, it was, it was Chris Lover Lover on the radio station. Right. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, yeah. Right. So they were there, and and uh, Kenny Burns was there throwing house parties at the warehouse. So that whole AUC that you see right now, I'd be, I'd be laughing when they say the, when when you see Nick Cannon. 
and he talked about drumline. I was like, no, we do, yeah, we were doing drumline way before it was drumline. We created right. that yeah. whole yeah. origin of what it is. Jagged Edge went to Clark, you know what I mean? That whole AUC system was a yeah. music haven that we actually came out of. You know, Shakir. Yeah, Shakir, yeah. Shakir was there. So look at what came out of that. It was born out of that. If you look at all the executives that came out of Clark, Shakir Stewart, myself, Kenny Burns, Shaka Zulu, and, 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 and Ludacris, all those guys came out of there. Jagged Edge came out of there. I mean, it was some incredible talent that came out of there to birth, birth that talent, you know what I mean, out of, out of the AUC. So that was my start. I told somebody this earlier, y'all wouldn't notice, Andre Rising had a record company, no. right? So that was my first stint in the music business, he had a record company called Bullpen Records. <laughs> Bullpen. Bullpen, nigga. And, but he had no artists. He was the artist on the label, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, but he was on fire. If you're talking right. about A.B. And, 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 and Odell Beckham, imagine that on steroids. Oh, oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, he was the guy. He was, you know, dating, left guy. Eye, dating left eye at the time. He was on fire, right? But, you know, it was my introduction into the business, running around with him, you know, and as that, as that happened, you know, nothing happened with that business. Ended up graduating school, got in some trouble there. Uh, doing that, I don't know, it was the summer, I met a guy by the name of Tony Draper, mm. right? And Swab Tony House. Draper had Suave House Records there. So people, this is how far I'm going to take you back, right? So people don't understand my hip-hop influence uh, uh, where I came from in hip-hop. Tony Draper riding through it. You know, before all this is happening, before Puff was down there, Tony Draper riding through with 100, 200 people following him with the Bentley. He had all that shit. Everything you're talking about, he had it first, right? Yeah. And I was like, man, this nigga is cold. You know, what, what you do, man? He's like, man, I own my own shit, my own company. I'm not signing anybody. You know, Suave House is owned by me, I'm, you know, distributed by me. He had everything, right? So I was like, man, I want to get into that, man. You know, I've done everything I can do with Dre. Really, I want to, you know, not tap into what you're doing. He's like, man, come on down to Houston. So that began my real journey down to Houston. And somebody was calling me from Philly at this time, man, for this artist by the name of Gilly, who was Gilly the Kid now, right? Yeah. I ended up signing Gilly. Gilly was my first rap artist that I signed. I signed Gilly the Suave House. No way. Yeah, so niggas don't know that. Yeah. I signed Gilly the Suave House, and I lived in, in Houston for two years with Gilly, breaking that, breaking Gilly and doing all that kind of stuff. And me and Tony Draper, Beginner, he taught me that part of ownership of the music business. Tony Draper, shout out to him. That's my man. He'll yeah. tell you right now. He, he can we can run fact check that. You know, legend. And I stayed in Houston eating Papa Do's. You know about that? that I, I was Papa Do's and Dave and Buster in the studio. Yeah. That, that's all I was doing. Right? Every nigga that's that's from a city that don't have a Papa Do's and try to figure out how to franchise it wherever they from. Yep. He's already right. been trying to get a Papa Do's in the Bay for the last fifteen years. <laughs> Man, that, that, that's Man, what he's doing. Life. And he allowed me to go to New York with him to take those meetings when he was meeting with uh, Doug, Doug Morris at the time, you know, because he had done a joint venture. That's when he was first doing his venture. He was getting out of his independent scene. He was doing this joint venture with Universal Motown. Not Motown, it was just Universal. And I got to understand how he was working and being a label head and the owner with, you know, 8-Ball and MJG and Tila because I had signed Gilly over there. And, and I learned from him. I learned the business. That part of ownership was like, man, if I want to own my own record company, I like to own it like Tony Draper does it. You know what I mean? So yeah. that happened. That was my, that, so that's taking you back. That was my first birth after Tony Draper right. into the business. Then I went back to Atlanta. Gilly was popping a little bit. Went back to Atlanta because I was standing in Atlanta. 
kind of didn't know what I was doing for the moment, man. I was in there and I got in some trouble, man. Really got, you know, people don't notice, you know, we'll go into that later because I want to talk about the music. Got in some trouble in Atlanta because back then, if you didn't have no money in Atlanta, you wasn't shit. You know, it was really yeah. the time. If you couldn't fit in, you know, there was 112 and all that kind of stuff, Dion's, and, you know, you didn't really fit in and I had to figure it out. And I was like, fuck it, I got in trouble. I had to go back to D.C. to do a halfway house, you know, because from D.C. with you, test. So I had to go back to D.C. and do a halfway house. And during that time, I met a, a guy by the name of Rich Harrison. Right. Oh, so Rich Harrison was fresh out of Howard. You know, motherfucker was artistic, you know, planning. You know, people look at his sound right now, but he had that go-go sound in his music. But it was hard, but it was hard to it was hard to put that with music and, and write to it because it sounded so different sonically it sounded so different back then think about that you know it sounded sonically different to put that to pen was really really hard you know what i mean yeah, yeah. and that goes into how i met jay is because i was uh working with rich i was his manager we had a we had a little company man that shit wasn't even wasn't even sanctioned we wasn't even sanctioned and you see when it was an llc we, we wasn't even wasn't even right it was fireman entertainment and we went up to Universal and got our first check. We had no bank account. I'm like, nigga, we uh, we, you got to, nigga, you got to be a corporate. Can't cash check. Can't cash motherfucking check. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I'm a manager with no experience in that part of it. But in that process, I met a guy by the name of DJ Rogers. Um, I was working on his first project. That's what Enrich was doing for Christmas. We got our first check. I said, man, we got to go work on this dude. I don't know who he is, man. They say his soul singer, DJ Rogers, man. And we go work with DJ, and the person that's writing the song for DJ is how I really got my start in the music business. It was Angie Stone. She was writing for DJ Rogers, right? And over Rich Harrison track. So, so think about it. She never put any music out of her own. First, first time she put out any music, she had, had no no music was out. She was there as a songwriter. Wow. Right. Angie Stone. Angie Stone and. But she had a song that was on this big soundtrack that had just come out called Money Talks. Right? Okay. She was on that soundtrack. She had a big record on there. And D'Angelo was on that album. And what was happening, the, the song blew up off the soundtrack. And she's like, man, you know, we start talking and kicking it. You know me, y'all know who I am. So I'm, nigga, and then I'm on a, a million. Jay will tell you, nigga, I wasn't, nigga, you talking about trying to get it. I'm trying to get it. I don't yeah. know what's going on, where the check at, what we doing. Cool. It's funny because me and DJ almost got in a fight in the studio because he like he, he had to call back Warren Campbell, who's a great producer. He's like, man, who's this dude from the city? He coming to the studio thinking he's running the session, man, trying to tell me I'm gonna do my music. And I'm like, man, I ain't trying to tell you, but the direction you're going in, brother, ain't, ain't what's happening right now. You know what I mean? And we right. just I was having a creative discussion, but in the midst of that, Angie started seeing that in me, the, you know, the fire I had in me. She was like, man, where are you from, man? Where are your people? You know, where, you know, I I like your energy. So I was like, man. D.C. and South Carolina. I said, my whole family's from South Carolina, born there in, in D.C. back and forth. I said, she said, well, who are your peoples is in D.C. and South Carolina? So I started to tell her who that was and, and mention the Prescott's in South Carolina. She's like, Prescott's? And this is crazy. This is crazy one for to tell y'all, man, because I look at back at it now and everything is supposed to be exactly where it is, Tank and Jane. It's supposed to be exactly where it is because it's not supposed to happen the way that it happened for me in the career. So it goes, Angie is from South Carolina. I'm all the way in New York. I'm coming from D.C. with Rich Harrison. I'm working on a dude named DJ. He's from L.A. Mm -hmm. She says, 
your name, last name's Prescott. Well, who your, who's your aunties and who's your people? So I say, Prescott. She said, well, I know some Prescotts. Ended up my, my grandfather is a big loan shark and a, and a, and a money runner in, in, in Carolina, a big one. And he, you know, that's what he does. And he's like, man, that's your granddaddy. Mom, mama and daddy, you know, are really close with your granddaddy. That's the birth of the story with me and Angie Stone and how I began to manage her. And she was like, man, I, you know, I know that you probably don't know what you're doing, but the fact that you got that much hustle and, and zest, I need that kind of energy. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it leads to, we'll, we'll get into the Teddy thing where people are saying they made jokes and stuff. It was funny as shit, but having that kind of support, I've always had that kind of support from my artists and that, that push and that drive and that goal. Right. And, and so she wanted me to manage. I didn't know shit about managing. I was managing Rich because I thought he was hot and he was trying to get a check. It was, you know, how am I getting in the business? So she says, I want you to manage me. And lo and behold, I didn't know. She's like, well, I got a deal. I'm like, oh, shit, you got a deal. I said, what you got a deal with? She said, well, Clive Davis. I have a deal. Clive Davis just signed me. And nigga, you got to know what my head was. And I was like, What? Clive Davis? I said, man, a nigga wouldn't introduce me to Clive Davis if I begged him, if I paid him. Right. It couldn't be a better yeah. situation, right? So I walked right into managing at, at, at that time as a teenager, you know, walking into the doors of managing Angie Stone, who was a legend, giving thanks because she taught me the business. You know, she, Angie Stone actually taught me the business, you know, I because I was learning on the fly. Right, I'm man, nigga, I'm, nigga, I managed off a cell phone. Nigga, I managed off a cell phone for like <laughs> seven years. <nigga. laughs> but that's us at the time. People don't know about about that. So, go in, we make this record, and the first time I meet Clive, I'm with Angie in the studio. And we make this record. You know, you guys know it. It's a famous record that became number one record. It was a Gladys Knight sample. I'll never, never forget when she played it for me. I'm in the studio, nigga. I felt like I was fucking Barry Gordy Motown. I was like, shit, I, I just came from some hip-hop shit, but what she just played me, man, this is this is different because hip-hop was so prevalent at the time. Puff was hot and all those guys. I was like, man, I got to create my own lane. And she walked me in the door. You know, the genius of her and her songwriting and what she had done, I didn't know she was a legend, you know, being from, you know, with, with, with uh, Sugar Hill Records, being in a rap group, coming mm -hmm. from where yeah. she was right now, dating D'Angelo, being a background singer, blowing up from where she was. D'Angelo wasn't even out yet. I'll get to that. He wasn't even out. It was Angie was the first person who came, and she walked me into Clive's office and says, here's this record, No More Rain in This Cloud. We press play, and Clive is like, nigga, you got one. And that's the first time I met Clive Davis, is pressing play with her uh, with that with record. Smash. With a smash. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. first time I'm walking into him, and 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 you know, you know, kudos to Clive Davis, man. Who, who I, I was with Clive for, you know, the whole, my whole career basically. You know what I mean? When he when he went from Arista to J Records, and you know, you know the run we had. Um, no more rain in this cloud. Wish I didn't miss you. You know, Angie sold about three or four million albums. Like, and, and we started J Records, man. That you guys know about J Records because Clive was was getting older, and they pushed him out. They pushed him out. At Arista, and the history that I got with Clive is that I actually sat in his living room because he asked me. I had an I had an ultimatum: was uh, stay with Arista when LA was taking over that job, or go with Clive. Right. For me, you know, I didn't know LA at the time. I knew him by being in Atlanta, but I was like, man, I had a huge success, and this guy's the greatest record man. There would be, you know, no LA Reid and no. Puffy, if it's not for this this guy over here that's giving him the opportunity. Yeah, right. So if I got an opportunity, 
it's going to be through this brother, man. And I can create my own lane, which is this neo-soul movement that we had really stumbled on, right? We didn't know what that was. It was just, we called it neo-soul. And Kedar, thanks to Kedar, we talking to him, we came up with a name and titled it neo-soul. And that's how that name was birthed. People don't know that. Kedar came up with it, but I was the first person to enter into it and agree that we should call this genre of music neo-soul because I had Angie at the time. There wasn't no... Erica Badu, there wasn't Jill Scott. Uh, Angie, Angie, Angie yeah, Spurs, she was yeah. she was the first pioneer of that sound, right? So we ushered that in, and that's what I got known for being a young guy in that second in that part of music. And I and I sat in front of Clive's. He didn't even have the name. He asked me to come over to his condo, which I had never seen nothing like. They were talking about a four four floor story condo. I'm like nigga, how you got a house? <laughs> On Park Avenue. Building. Building. That's what they do. They tear, they yeah. tear out the walls and the floors and build what they want to build inside of buildings. Yeah, but it's Clive Davis. And that, yeah. you know, so I sat with him and Larry Jackson, who it is right now, at 19. Larry's 19 and Peter Edge. And, you know, I'm a part of history because he came up with that name with me sitting there. You know, I'm going to call it J Records. I'm like, shit, I don't know what the J mean. I guess that's the initial in between Clive, Clive right. J Records. You know what I mean? I didn't know yeah. what it meant at that time, but. I chose to leave with him, and we were the focal point of that label at the time, right? Because Angie was the she was the one that had the hits, right? Alicia Keys had not come over to the label with Peter yet. You know, Angie was the one who had just come off a massive platinum selling album, NAACP awards, you know, all the awards we had won, and right. she was that she was the new child, you know, you know that was birthed at J Records, you know, and. Uh, I was able to experience that and go on that run with him at J Records, and it, it allowed me to have a huge run there to sign the guys by the name. I had a record over there, I signed Smitty. I don't know if you remember Smitty. I remember Smitty. Yeah, yeah that, that was on my neck. That, that yeah. was on my neck. And the success of Angie allowed me to, you know, Peter Edge, who's now the chairman at RCA, was the guy that I ushered everything through. You know what yeah. I mean? So, so was that? So was that? the introduction of how you eventually brought Jamie to that situation? So so here's what happened. As we were going on tour, you know, and, and it's funny because I was talking to Charlie Mack earlier. If you go ever go through this video, there's a, there's a record called Black Brother, right, that we did. Yeah. It was a massive uh, record. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if, if you go to any of that video, Jay, niggas thinking I'm just doing this. I'm dancing in the back of that video with a white cake on <laughs> right, right. With, with me and, and Angie Stone and motherfucking Will Smith. I got a white king along with a Baron Davis jersey on yeah. back then. This is 1999, wow. Jay. This is 1999. Yeah. So I do that. And, and Clive, when we had that, that second part of success, Clive gave me uh, my own label. He's like, man, you did it. You know, cool. I'm trusting in you. And it's the first time. I mean, I was doing deals that nobody had ever seen done at that time. Niggas right. weren't getting the label. But deals. you also had, you stay loyal. You stay loyal to him. Yeah, to the, yeah. New, to the new regime and everything, that new company, the whole thing. Yes. Yeah. Stay down. And I stay loyal to Peter Edge at that time because he was the AR that was coming up. You know, that's why Peter is, I, I like to say I was a huge part of his success in, in, in being where he is now as being a chairman of RCA right now. Because yeah. without that's how me and Tank feel about Aaron Bayshot. Oh, for sure. I know. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. I know. And yeah. Peter's a brilliant, no, no, no disrespect, Peter's a brilliant mind because he, he's a he's a British cat that understands our culture and our music. And, and for him to give me a chance and support me 
with Clive in those closed door meetings because I wasn't an A&R, you know what I mean? I had my own thing, but when they close that door, you got to have somebody that's speaking on your behalf and supporting you like that. So um, it allowed me, uh, when Angie was going on tour, I was managing her and we had had D'Angelo handling him and we're on tour with Maxwell, which is sold out. This is Maxwell that's fucking peak. That's crazy. Angie had her peak. So think about that. I'm on tour. That sounds like that's insane. I'm doing 10,000 a night, bro. And, and when people say, I listen to you guys say R&B, man, because I want to get to that, Tank. I've seen tours that people will never be able to see, right? Because I toured with Frankie Beverly and Mays with Angie at its peak. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like t- Frankie wasn't Frankie then. He was still Frankie, you know what I'm saying? And I'm opening up with Angie for Frankie, and it's sold out. So I, I, I got to understand the mechanism of touring from the Chitlin Circuit to big audiences to big tours, understand the numbers, understanding how you tour, understand how to break acts. And I understood that, you know what I mean? And that got me to get, you know, there was no live nation. It was none of that shit. You know what I'm saying? It was go out on this motherfucking circuit and get it. You know what I mean? And, and that it would, it, you were dealing with the agent, agencies. That's it. They had agencies that wasn't a live nation. It was Ticketmaster. Nigga. You know what I'm saying? That's how you got to sell your shit. And we toured. And that's how I met Jamie. It's 21 years ago now. Right. So before you go into that, something that we want to know, right? Mm-hmm. From obviously, we've all we're all in the music business, been in the music business a long time, and we we all identify talent, and you know we all figure out a way of what we're going to um, choose, how to spend our time, and who we're going to choose to spend that with, as far as the talent, right? Mm-hmm. On, the, on the choices that we make. Mm-hmm. We were talking about it earlier. What was it for you? that you saw in Jamie maybe that other people hadn't seen yet because Jamie hadn't had a successful music career. And the only thing that had been from comedy to music at that point was Eddie Murphy, which nobody really took serious. Right. So, so it's like this, man. It's like you put it like this, your relationship with Tank, man, the loyalty that you got, man. And that's what I wear my heart on my sleeve with anything I do. Tank been knowing me for a long time from DC and everything that we've done, man. I'm going to tell you that because you, then you'll understand. So I'm on tour with Angie at the amphitheater here in, in L.A., you know, and I, I, this is a funny story. And we tour, we on fire, it's crazy. Jamie comes in the, in the, uh, in her locker room, in, in her locker room, fucking when, when it's over, the tour is crazy. I'm like, damn, we killed it. He comes in like, man, shit, what the fuck? He's like, nigga, that shit was hot. You know, Jamie, that shit was hot, nigga, that shit was incredible. And he's like, man, I want to sing, man. I'm saying nobody really believes the same thing you're saying. Jay's like, man, and, and, and the good thing about Jamie, man, he's so humble. So for him to allow that to happen that way, uh, it, it speaks volumes to how, to the success we've had because he trusted in me early on, and I trusted in him. So that, that that's it's like what you guys do. So he said that he's like, man, I want to sing. And that's all he had to say to me. I knew he was talented as fuck. Right. You know I mean, mm-hmm. and I'm always. Right. I ain't, nigga, I ain't never found the, the Justin Bieber, nigga. I ain't never found the, 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 I ain't never found lightning in the bottle. I've always found the things that I had to work for to get to where it is. I've never had it. I've never had the shit, the one, you know what I'm saying? Even though they, they became the one, I've never had the one that I didn't have to work for and struggle to get it. So when he said that, you know, we had a, we had a weekend off, man. I um, said, Cool, man. You know, I don't think he took me. He took it serious. He gave me his address, and we we bonded. You know, in, in, uh, immediately. I said, "Cool, I'm, I'm gonna come fuck with you." And I took Angie 
it was a Saturday. I took Angie to his house on Monday, the one on Van Alden. Mm -hmm. I took Angie to his house. And when I took her to his house, you know, I said, man, I, you know, I want you to write some songs for Jamie. I want, you know, if you want to take it serious. And, and I took her because if anybody could do it, she done did it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If she can, you know, I said, if she can forget about going to all these other songwriters, she know how to get the meat out of the bone. She know how to get it. And she came in and we fucked around in for a minute. And how Jamie happened with me, man, it was really by default because after that, I go back to me managing off a cell phone, right? We had a huge success. We had two massive albums. And what happens when you have massive albums, man, you have huge success, the snakes come, right? So that means every other manager, everybody's coming, everybody's in the artist's ear. So that starts to happen, right? It ain't, you know, how you got there ain't how, how it should stay. And I got fired from Angie, right? I got fired at the highest point of where we were because she was like, man, and it was a lesson. It was actually a lesson for me, you know, because it was downtown for me. I'm like, God damn. You know, that drive of getting fired from Angie sparked me to be, to go on a fucking binge, you know what I'm saying? You know, and because it was so much success and and, 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 and thankful to Clyde, they still behind me. They said, I mean, you still got your label, you know, do what you're doing. Cool, we trust in you. And that's yeah. why I give it, give it back to Peter so much because he rolled with me throughout the, those times and was just like, damn, man, I'm, I'm down. Damn, Angie, fired me up all the success we've had. But in hindsight, you know, it taught me a lot because I was man. It was working. It wasn't broken. It didn't fix it. We're making a lot of money. We we're working, but at the time, everybody else had these big offices and hey, what they could do for right, this, right, that, there. Right. And, and I ain't had that. You know what I'm saying? I was just a young nigga still, but I was getting it done off this one cell phone, nigga. I was getting it all done: booking, <laughs> doing this, rocking, touring, hiring the band. Everything was being done. And so when she when she fired me, it gave me a, it gave me a whole it ignited some other shit in me. I was like, man, I'm gonna come back bigger than life, and I'm gonna make everybody regret that this happened. Yeah. And you know, uh, before Jamie, I went and signed this group out of Atlanta, Black. People don't know that I signed Black. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah. that. I signed Black. You know, boom like a boom like eight oh eight. Yeah, I had that, and and we did the. They, they left Columbia and we did this new deal at Electra. So this was in the time of me, Dylan, Jamie, this was the downtime. I signed those girls, man, and we, I took them to Sylvia. And that's how I started working with you, Jay, is because yeah, I did yeah, a deal at Electra with Merlin Bob and I had those girls over there. And I went to my guy who was a massive producer, Rodney Jerkins. I said, man, I got these girls, man, that, you know, that I think we can flip and have another huge success. And Rodney gave me a big record and they were in that they wanted that Bring It On movie. You know what I mean? We put that record in the movie that Missy had done with Gabriel Ewan, and that blew up. And then I was able to, you know, get my bearings back, and I, I went back to L.A. and started you know, fucking around with Jamie. I hung out with him for about two years, though, before we did any music. People don't know that. And that's when you were at the house, Tank. All those you know, people don't really realize what was happening at that time. I was really, like, studying Jamie to figure out what my angle was going to be. You know what I mean? You know, he'll tell you, he jokes about it this time. He's like, I was like, man, nigga, I'm young. You got to gotta do this. You got to change your dress. You got to take it serious. You got to do this. And he says it all the time. And the humble part about him is really why we want. He let me do what I do. He laid back because it was brand new to him. He's like, man, ain't nobody believe in me and trusting in me. And his humbleness allowed me to be creative and try a couple of things that would work for us, right? Because people weren't paying attention. I was quiet, you know, had, you know, 
still doing a lot of shit, but you know, I was still hurt from the hand and shit. I was like, man, I'm finna kill these motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, the chip on your shoulder. Crazy. And uh Kanye was producing, you know what I mean? I was knowing all this stuff and, and I had known Pharrell from doing all remixes with these guys, but Kanye came to me. He was like, man, I'm trying to get a record deal. Right? He said, I got this record though, you know what I'm saying? That thing is incredible. He said, you playing for me. He plays me slow jams. I said, oh shit. I said, nigga, you got the one, nigga. Right. <laughs> I, said, I knew when I first heard that motherfucking sample, I was like, oh my God. And this is after two years of me and Jamie, you know, hanging out, becoming brothers. You know, I had to gain his trust and hang around and figure it out. He was doing all these movies. I was like, cool, how am I gonna get in? You know, staying at the house tank. We was there going through it every day. We were showing up, you know, just figuing the whole shit out. You was right, you was in the house. What was his reaction when you brought that record? His reaction was, he thought the record was great, but he's like he, he gives you this example of how he was singing the record, you know what I mean, and and how was, we knew what she was singing. You he, know was, what I mean? I, he was really singing the record. Yeah, he was singing that motherfucker. Really yeah, like he like he tell you, but he always knew that the record. But he didn't. He he, he knew the record was hot, but he didn't know the biz, music business like we knew it. Like I was like nigga, you know, he went away and did a movie, and 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 mind you, that was not that was Kanye's him, Kanye, and Twister's record. Yeah, right, yeah. But the, but the part about that is, the only two niggas that didn't have a deal is Jamie and Kanye. So wait, so Ye had no deal at this time? Neither one of these niggas had a deal. No way. Oh, shit. No, Ye didn't have a deal. That started that whole thing where, where, where Dame signed Kanye to, ended up signing uh, Kanye to- um, Rockefeller? Rockefeller. But he didn't have a deal. That's when he first had it. Now, think about it. That's Kanye's first. That's Kanye's first record that you heard. If you really think about the first record you heard Kanye on, it was it was Slow Jams. That that was that that he wasn't just producing. I'm talking about rapping yeah, on you the record yeah, that yeah. was out. That's the first yeah. time you heard Kanye, and it worked for all of us. Jamie goes off and do a movie. I'm still monitoring it. I mean, we got it done. The record sounded incredible. And I hear Jamie like, nigga, this motherfucker. Jermaine, I, I never forget. I'm in Atlanta. Jermaine hit me. He's like, man, that, that's Jamie on the record. I'm like, yeah. He's like, that shit look like it's doing something. I said, shit, I, I hope it do something. There. I said, I know, I know what to do. I know what to do. You know, I know what to do if this motherfucker do something. Right. Tank that motherfucker and it went from 15 to 10, and I forgot in the 10 range. When I got in the 10 range, I said, oh, this motherfucker go. Then it went to number five. Nigga, I had Jamie. I said, nigga, we'll get in the morning record. He said, man, no way. I called that nigga. When it went number one, it was all over the place. And Jamie didn't know. We riding down fucking South Beach. Yeah, taking everybody down to South Beach at the, you know, at the, you know hotel that uh, we always go to. And then they got a yellow Bentley, nigga. We rode that motherfucking yellow ah, Bentley. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Up and down motherfucking ocean, nigga, going you know, nuts. Remember, yeah. So that record becomes number one, man. And, and simultaneously as that's happening, Jamie is shooting Ray Charles, right? So When the stars align. Stars align. But I'm going to tell you some cold shit how this shit happened, man. So at this time, I knew the record was coming. It's number one. That You guys know about Clive Davis' Grammy party. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, you know, the record was number one, but Clive Davis don't give a fuck about it. You know, he liked the record being number one, but nigga, if you ain't know, got it going on, you can't perform at that Grammy party. And this back then, this was Whitney, this was Whitney, this was Whitney at her peak, all of them artists he had at their peak yeah. perform, perform at that, that party. So 
me and Fox, it goes, I was like, I'm talking to Peter Edge and, and, and Larry, I'll never forget. I'm like, man, we need to get, you know, get Jamie on this phone, this motherfucking, I need to get him on there, Peter, if he, if he performs on here, because this is what I'm trying to get Jamie signed. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get Jamie signed. Them niggas ain't, ain't going for it, nigga. I'm, niggas ain't biting. Ain't, they ain't biting. And yeah. Clyde finally listens to the record. Me and Jamie go over to Clyde's bungalow. I finally get Peter and Larry to convince Clyde, hey, man, let me bring Jamie in here. You know, because I had my deal over there. I'm already Clyde. I'm, I'm 15 years in at this point with Clyde. And, man, we go in in that bungalow, and Jamie talking to Clyde, and Clyde was like, what makes you think that because you are a, a film guy that you can come into the music business and do this? And we, you know, we're trying to convince him, and Jamie's convincing him. Jamie's singing and all kind of shit and doing what we're doing. And we convinced him to do it. But also, when he looked at the charts and found out how big that record was in the country, it was that time, you know, Clyde lets you perform those records at that time. And I was like, oh, my God. But think about this. He's performing, but with no deal. So I'm knowing. So he's performing at the Clyde party. But we don't have no deal. So this is, for me, it's, I'm like. The whole I'm industry's gonna, there. Every chairman's there. Yeah. So I knew I had Clyde. I already knew what I had at that point. I said, I know what Jamie's going to do when he goes on stage. This nigga's an entertainer. He's going to kill everybody. He's going to woo you over. He's going to murder you. He's going to be on the piano. And he, but he's going to do it to the tune of a number one record. Right? Perfect. With Twister and Kanye on stage. Man, the rest is history. He goes and he lights that motherfucker on fire. Everybody's calling. Now I become... Nigga, I'm the guru at this point. You back on the phone. You back. (laughs) Is it it still the same cell phone? Is it the same cell phone number? It's like a Star Trek now. Bro, everybody calling. We negotiate the craziest deal. Because I'm like, Clyde, man. I know you believe, but he don't got no deal. Lior's calling, and Jimmy's calling, and everybody's calling. You know? And I I know when, when when Clyde want a deal, he, listen, whatever whatever he got in the bank account, you yes. you, you get it to get that deal done. Bro, he closed it out. Closed it out to you know we got a you know it was over over a million dollars, a massive deal, um for us. And you know the rest is history with that and all the records that we did together, man. From that point, and, and but but he'll tell you Jamie had history, man, because that first album that we put out, Tank, you were very, you know, huge, you know, a part of that, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. the writing on that, sitting in that house, writing, you know, hits on that record, you, I went to Sean Garrett, and, you know, you know, numerous of people, because I wanted that sound, that authentic sound, man, and you were in the house at that time, writing those records, I remember in the back room, nigga, you know, especially with the, with the record about his, his grandmother, you know what I'm saying, you know, yeah. that record. We was all on that, yeah. And, yeah. Everybody was on that, we was like, yeah. figuring out, we was, like, was, all, we was all in there like, you, I'm not crying, you crying. Yeah, Nigga, R. Kelly moment, nigga. We're going to write the best record of life. But Tank, you wrote some incredible records on that album. And I went down to Miami to finish the rest of that album. And, you know, Big D and those guys were making this track. You know, and I listened to this track. I was like, oh, shit. This is it. This is lightning in the bottle. When I took that track, which is unpredictable. Yeah. And I called Big John. I said, man, I need Harold. So this is how unpredictable it was made. Earl it wasn't no sound. I called Harold myself. I said, I got it. I got the record. That is the follow-up to Jamie's, you know, slow jams. It's gonna be the biggest record off of the unpredictable album. And I took that I took the sample that Big D and those guys did and I gave it to Harold. And that motherfucker wrote the shit out of that record. Yes, 
Yes, he did. And it was Jamie. But Unpredictable yeah. was absolutely Jamie. He wrote it for him. And at that time, you know, Ludacris is on. Nigga, that's when Ludacris is on oh, fire. And then you get a Ludacris. Yeah. That one, you get a Ludacris verse. Don't worry about it. It's gonna take your shit over the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, yeah, Luda was Luda Luda had a Luda had a nice Drake moment. No, oh, where oh. he was like, yeah, it was a guarantee. But, 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 but he didn't miss. Yeah, he didn't miss though. They didn't get a miss. And man, he did that motherfucking record and killed it. And the rest is history for that album. And that album was so big. I mean, we sold on the Unpredictable album, man. We sold three million copies. Right? You did almost. You did almost. You did almost seven hundred thousand the first week. First week, we were battling Mary. How? I mean, how? You know, I, God, man, Jamie Foxx battling against Mary J. Battling against Mary. She did. She did a little over seven. Y'all did. We did almost seven. You know what kind yep. of dance I did? Crazy man. When that album came out, crazy <laughs> nigga. Yeah, Lamborghini dance. That's yeah. the dance I did. You yep. know I, I went and got a Lamborghini. I'm telling you, that motherfucker was one of the ones, man. Nah, that, that that was one of them albums, man. That's the one I got. Yeah, that was one of those albums. So I mean, Clive, we own him back on it at, 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 at J Records. We killing it, man. And you know, we open platform. Jamie's touring. We murder it, and then you know, it goes to the next album, which is the Intuition album. You know, and I was really in my groove then. I was like, fuck yeah. it, you know, let me change the sound. I, I, I think we actually changed the sound of R and B at the moment on intuition, right? Because when I first heard fucking blame it on the alcohol before we did it, uh, uh, Carlos, I'll never forget this. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in Vegas and Carlos McKinney has his record. And he's playing, he playing this motherfucking record. Tank, I'm gonna be honest with you, when I first heard that motherfucker, I was, nigga, I looked, I was like, it's over. I was like, nigga, it's over for the entire music business. I find the motherfucking <laughs> shit. It's this motherfucking record is over for the entire music business, man. And boy, we did that motherfucker. And before I even got it, Jamie will tell you, I was like, nigga, you got to sing this motherfucker just like this. Mm -hmm. It can't change it. And this is how dope that nigga is, man. That nigga can mimic and do anything. Yeah, yeah. That nigga's so incredible, bro. Because if, if if Jamie can't do that, if he's not special enough to do that it with his work. artistry, it, it never works. Work. Yeah. Right. So we can I can give him all of but that motherfucker can morph into anything. Mm -hmm. That nigga's a genius with that shit, man. First of all, he's an shout outs to him, man, because I, I tell Jamie, I said, man, the run we had is of course Jermaine and Usher did their thing. It's like you and Tank doing their thing, man. But man, it, it was like peanut butter and jelly were doing our shit, bro. Like mm -hmm. we never missed. And that nigga came in on time and was was a, you know, first of all, he's just an incredible talent, a triple threat with this shit, man. That motherfucker murdered. He, he identically went through that record and dissected it and caught it exactly like it was. Yeah. yeah. But it was his, but it but but made it his because you still heard his tone. No, for sure, for sure. Because I, I, the crazy thing is, I, um, I had heard the demo. I originally, I heard from Chris Henderson. Right. And right. um, and I'm like, yo, this record is insane. insane. Right. And it was only, it was only like, I want to say it might have just been maybe a, a, the hook and like a beer. It, it wasn't finished. No. Nope. I was like, this fucking record. 
Oh my God. So oh, then yeah. I, I then I took the record. I never forget I was in Miami sitting with uh Sky Storage and and, and uh T Pain's on fire. I went over to T Pain before I had uh before Jamie did his vocals. When I had the record, I was like, nigga, I need you to feature on this record. This is another moment of Luda, T Pain was, you know, yeah, you know yeah. guy yeah. and get on the record. And was that was that after Buy You a Drink too? He had already had Buy You a Drink. Oh right? no, he had, yeah, yeah, he he was that he was that nigga. That, that Your nigga bartender buy you a drink, blaming on alcohol. Man, that nigga got on there blaming on alcohol, and he wrote it. He'll tell you the story. He wrote it the first time. I was like, Nah, that ain't it. I need that ain't it, man. And he wrote the shit three times. The third time he wrote it, and he killed it. And Dream got me on this, and that motherfucker, I didn't give a fuck. But he put ah, ah, yeah. and I want to get, I want to kill Dream and motherfucking Tricky right now because the motherfuckers took some publishing off that record. I love the death. <laughs> nigga, how you go? Like, how you gonna take records for the eye, eye, eye? You know what I'm saying? Hey, listen. No. They, they, they had that. They, they was, they was on fire too with that. Man, they got it, man. And uh, I ended up using those guys on this album though, because it was so incredible. But I had already had the meat and potatoes of, of this motherfucker would blame it. You know what I mean? But yeah. they came in and did an incredible body of work. Uh, or, or, or this shit, man, and made it phenomenal. You know, shout outs to Dream and Tricky, man, being who they are. Mm -hmm. And Jamie, uh, once again, Jamie trusted me throughout that process, man. We had massive singles off that record. I mean, we tried some different shit, man. I had fucking, you know, hip hop producers doing crazy beats. You know, I had a record on there that I put, Drake wasn't, Drake wasn't Drake then. If you remember that record with Kanye, Drake, and Jamie on the record, um, what's it called? I think it was, no, it, it was Extravaganza that was on that record. It was on, I don't know if it was on that record, but it was, was on, on that album. No, Digital, Digital, Digital Girl. Digital Girl. Digital Girl. Yeah, so Digital Girl had, had Kanye on it that we came in and did again. But we tried some different sounds in an album. It kind of pushed R&B. Me and you were talking about this thing. It kind of pushed R&B to the forefront of a different kind of sound, a groove. It was kind of like coming on some straight up hip hop tracks at this time, you know, with a sound, you know, still we're hitting hard, hard drums and everything. I was like, we gotta change this shit up, you know what I mean? And yeah, that's what made that album, I mean, blame it, you know, 17 weeks number one, you know, <laughs> we won a Grammy with that. I mean, it was history, Seven, 17 weeks of number one. No, not just in the urban charts. I'm talking about the rhythm. No, like that chart, damn chart. That's the yeah. one, man. And we killed him on that album. You know, and so, I mean, we've had an incredible ride with Jamie, man, with songs on that album and the Intuition album selling out, you know what I mean? But like I said, it goes back to Jamie being who, who he is. And in between that, we had another missile, which was Gold Digger. So I was listening to the niggas with the battle. I was like, I was like, I said, I got a mean, when I was just listening to a tank, I said, man, I got a mean 20. Like, I, Jamie has a, you know, it's got a mean fucking 20 records that stand the test of time from, I'm talking right. about hits, you know, as you were part of a lot of them, but I'm talking about, he's got, you know, from that to the record we did with Drake Fall For Your Tight, number one record, you know what I mean? That record is crazy. Crazy, you know, and, and people don't notice. Do you notice, Joe? I took a record that was already out. That well, record was out. Fall For Your Tight was a record that was out, but they didn't use it. And I was like, nigga, Drake wrote this record? Nigga, I was like, this motherfucker. You, you, pull, you, pulled, a, you pulled a pussycat dogs. Took the record back. When they had that, that record. Gave it to Jamie, and then Drake, Drake and Jamie murdered that record. It's a number one record for us. Wow. Um, uh, 
that, you know, and bought Jamie the record with him and Fab and Neo. You know what I mean? This in, you know, independent record, you know, put Jamie on that record. I mean, so if you look at back and you start to look back at the records that we've had, you know, you know, it's 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 it ranks with with some of the best, man. He's got some he's got some massive hits, and Jamie was able to pull all those off, man. That nigga's an incredible talent, you know. That that you know, we 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 got it. What do you say, Tang? He said we old married couple, man. I do, man, because we go what? through it. But, but. <laughs> <laughs> now y'all y'all history. Hey, old married couple, y'all fussing and then y'all hugging. Them. Just yeah, all man. within the same five minutes. And then you but, look up and they at the DJ booth. <laughs> yep, yep. But so that happened. And then, you know, after that, we working together, they allowed me to work with another artist, an incredible artist, you know, go back and I was at R&B Live, man, um, when they head out in LA and I saw Brandy singing at R&B Live. Ooh, but did she kill it that night or what? Tank, it was the most unbelievable Jesus shit, man, you know. Brandy's Brandy, something different. Yeah, man. And no matter what, I was what, hosting man, at the time, and I was like, okay, you remember? Oh, yeah. Yep. It was like, yeah, Brandy's gonna come. I said, like, oh, come on. Yeah. And no matter what, you know, you go up through ups and downs with people, man, and people didn't know what the backstories or what it, but, you know, I, I look at it. She's an incredible talent, man. I enjoy working with her. Um, and, and it's what I do. When you ask, you know, how did I get there? I think I've been gifted. If, if my, quote unquote thing was I've signed a lot of acts and you know but the quote unquote because I love music so much that brings me back to why I was dancing and going crazy with Teddy like I grew up on that shit you know what I'm saying I'm right. dancing bop to that shit you know right. and that's that's why when when Brandy was singing at R&B Live I was like yeah what you doing and you know at that time she didn't have a deal I'm like you don't have a deal I said nigga you you were the, the queen and we were able to work together and you know I bought Sean Garrett and Bangladesh back together to work on that project, right? And we came up with a different sound again, a different bounce and a different groove, which was put it down, mm -hmm. you know? And she had another number one record that I had and I signed her to RCA through my venture over there. And, you know, it was a big, big fucking record. Number one record, we sold a, sold a good many records, put her back, was able to put her back with Monica to do that, you know, kind of, you know, wasn't, but it was putting them back together to do the record that they had to introduce where we were going. Yeah. Um, had, you know, we had great success, man. And, you know, shout out to Brandy, man. She's still the most incredible artist, you know, that I've ever, one of the sickest vocals I've ever worked with in my right. life to, to, to witness that. You know, and I, I did one thing before I signed Brandy. I call I call my boy because I think that's what we don't do in the business, man. And if we want to get some information to people, we friends in this business, man, you should always reach back to people and talk to them about, you know, I, I wanted to reach back to Rodney because I understood how close that connection was. And I got his blessings to, you know, not that I had to, but I was like, man, you, you know, you and Brandy birthed something totally different, man. And yeah, how do you, because right. you my friend, how do you feel about me? Signing Brandy and working with her. And he was like, Man, do it, man. I give you my blessings. And that for me, because that's how I roll, man. I I, I know I would feel if somebody kind of, you know, got in on my thing and went back and, you know, that, you know, so I you know I think that's what we don't do in this business. That there's not that kind of thing that exists. No, we don't tap in. Right. Yeah, we gotta bring that part of it back, yeah. man. Certain things you don't do, yeah. right? You know, so I didn't want to, you know, invade on, on that because what he had created, he gave me the blessings. And I mean we did we did great with that whole thing and what that allowed me to do is i had another group and, and it spawned me working with la reed after that and that's how i got to epic and 
running black music over there and signing Rick Ross over there, signing Puff over there. Um, Yo Gotti came in, signed, you know, that he was over there and we had a huge you know, record, you know, uh, you met him <clears throat> the day with DM, you know, so I was able to do that with Bobby Smurda and create the whole hip hop. That, that was the new verge of what I was doing because I was known for all this R&B stuff. Yeah. Um, but nobody remembered that I did hip hop, right? And, you know, managed Chingy and did that stuff. But this is a newfound thing that I came over to Epic to do and help LA revive that whole sound over there, right? right. Which is the hip hop element is what I bought. You know what I mean? I signed Rick Ross, which took him from Def Jam, so it looked like the hostile takeover with hip hop. And we had a we had a mean run, which is now what you see as Epic is like people look at Epic as a hip hop label. As a hip hop label, right. yeah, no, for sure, yeah. for sure. No, you, know, when I, you were you were huge, you were huge, huge in that. Yeah. And like even like you know when I was when I was uh when I was working with Mozzie, right? And, you exactly. Know, I was trying. To, I tried to sign. Yeah. I was like, nigga, we gotta yeah. sign this dude over here because at that time, L.A. had signed, which is once again one of the greatest music, you know, minds in the world, but. You know, and, and thank him for bringing me over and giving me own venture and, 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 and allowing me to do what I do over there because they didn't even have a head of black music. You know, I created that. You know, right. it wasn't think it's talking about. I created the head of black music to do that and, and he allowed me to sign hip hop acts because I, I, I was at the forefront of saying this shit was about to change and go back to hip hop. Exactly. Because he, he had, he, you gotta remember, he had just signed Megan Trainer, <laughs> yeah, yeah, big pop yeah. acts, which is huge. I was like, cool, you, you that's cool. I'm gonna go over here and, and, and fuck with these niggas. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I mean like I, I a real chart, man. That's a real remember, story. I'm gonna tell you the real shit. When you was going over there, and we ran into you in Miami, yeah. and you was with uh, I want to say you was with the Migos. Yep. Because you were trying to you were trying to get the Migo deal of early. You know, listen and, and see, man, this is so crazy because niggas don't know the backstories. When I was over there, I got. LA to go down with Coach and P before Ethiopia got it. And you notice know because we were supposed to get that deal and some, some things happened and you know, that's just a part of business. They didn't do it and kudos to Ethiopia for taking that chance and gambling on that because yeah. I wanted those guys bad at the time. You know what I mean? I knew where it was going and you know, we, we, we didn't get that but that was a part of the hip hop culture that I was creating at yeah. Epic. And, yeah, you know, yeah, no, I, you, was, you was really in the streets. He was really in the streets, and I mean, I think that's the that's the big part too, for us when, or not even were in the street, but but are to this day. You know right. what I'm saying? I think that was the big part when you know when the whole thing with the Teddy and, and and Babyface thing kicked off. Me and Tank both had a conversation about how people should know who you really are, sure. and, right. and 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 just our way of, of of giving off giving off flowers. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And saying no, right. no, no, no. This guy is is very important to the music business. Now, the 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 means, the fun shit, that's all cool. And you know, you know me, I went on my uh, yeah. no Breon, no battle. I was yeah. doing all kind of bullshit, right? Yep. But it was all because for us, we always looked at it as, you know, with us knowing the real players in this game and the people that really moved the needle, mm -hmm. like cast don't cast don't get a chance to um to be seen for what they've done. Or we yeah. all celebrate it once somebody's gone. Right. I Instead appreciate of that saying, from y'all, man. I, I really appreciate that. And, and, and with that happening, man, people didn't even know you know I was working with Dre. I've been working with Dre. Right. And, you know, doing a lot of shit. So, but it was cool. I was cool with having that because I think you guys know me. Nigga, where am I at? I'm cutting the fool. I'm dancing. I don't care what it is. Tank, you know, I'm, I'm fun. You know what I mean? So people didn't well, understand you. You, you have ultimate battery. 
Right. It's like you oh. said before. When you all in, you all in. You yeah. can dance in a fight. But here's the thing. Period. Here's the thing. <laughs> People take a hard line because you, you're hard line and understand business, right? And understand when you know the business. So they, they, they misconstrue you doing business and being, you know, they say, man, you're hard line in your business. It's not that, man. If, if you know my history and what I've been through, right? right? And it, being 23 years in this business, it's like, nigga, I know it. I know my worth. I know what I'm doing. So because right. I don't have, and what happens is a lot of times when you don't have press and people don't know about it on a public realm, mm -hmm. they, 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 they put a block on your light, right? And so when you try to, when you're going to do a deal, like, man, you ain't supposed to ask for that. You know, I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean? I, I've sold this many records. I've done this many things. I've had this many hits. If you look at me and you look at a guy like Mike Karen, who does the exact same thing that I do, Right, I call a spade a spade. He can go out and sign whatever he want to do to his label and do this and publishing and this, that, and the other. But you say nothing because he has a guard behind him and the Atlantic emblem behind him. And you let him do whatever. Right. But when but when a brother come through with the with a fair deal and the same thing that I was doing because it was nothing, I was like, yo, man, I'm just asking for my worth. I ain't asking you for nothing different. Right. right? I'm asking you for my worth because that's the kind of shit I'm putting into this business, man. I eat, sleep, drink this shit. Like, I ain't just saying, oh, let me sign you and do this. No, I'm finding the records. I'm running with you. I'm going on tour with you. I don't sleep. Like, I don't fucking sleep. I even, the people ask, like, that nigga's everywhere. Like, yes, I'm everywhere. So that shit, that, that, that shit is a price tag for that. And I don't charge you, man. I really love doing this shit, right? So when I call Teddy about this shit, I get to that, man. You know, it came because, nigga, I grew up listening to, you know, niggas older than us, but damn, that's the soundtracks of our lives. Growing up and uh, listening yeah. to fucking Teddy and listening to fucking, you know, Keith Sweat and all the music and Babyface and all that kind of shit. Man, I never thought in a million years from where I started, I'd be working with these people, man. You know what I'm saying? Right. Look at the transition. Look, nine times out of ten, people like us thinking, I see you and Jay going through it when you're trying to revive the sound of music, man. We're being a generation where we are. Look at the people that fell off. They're not, they're not even in the business anymore. Right. Right, that's really so for being in, in about two and a half, three decades of music and still being able to be here rocking with Quavo and doing this and being able to jump in and out of things, man. I, you know, man, I, I'm thankful for that kind of shit and be doing it. But that's why you know, I live it and breathe it. And when, when they said this, I was like, man, I hit Teddy. I was like, I really told him, I was like, hey, bro, I hope you know that uh, Babyface ain't going to be about himself. L.A. is, I don't know where he is, but he there. <laughs> okay. and I know that. And I, I can tell you right now, he's there. So I knew that. And, and, and once again, the humility of Teddy Riley and the genius of him, man. We've been talking. That wasn't for, We've been talking about working together for, when I was at Epic. I was like, man, L.A., bring Teddy back over here. You know what I'm saying? Teddy still, yeah. no matter what, he got it. I don't care if he, you, you want Teddy, if you mix it, I don't care if you want whatever. He got a different sound. If you want to do right. something, you can't, yeah. you can't recreate it. And, you know, once again, Teddy being who he is, man, was like, bro, you know, you're welcome to come out here, man. I love you. I know what your ears. I know what you do. So I drove down to Vegas and rock with Teddy, man. Niggas don't know that. You know what I mean? And, and this thing, I rode by myself. And it was a way to have phone calls and clear my head, you know, in this whole COVID, you know, thing that was going on, man. It was a way everybody else in the house, I was like, oh, shit, I can drive down here. It was one hotel open, the Renaissance, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Went there. But we had been talking, you know, to, a, a week before because they canceled it, you know, 
a week before because the baby face had COVID-19 and, you know, shout out to him. I'm happy he's, he's safe and his family is well now, but you know, I had a pad. I was right now, man. You know, I'm focused, nigga. It's like we old school arm, you know, in our back. Like he gonna play this. She when he play this, nigga. He will play this. So it, that was a that was a thing behind that. Me and Teddy were talking, and for him, man, that's history, man. For that dude to allow me to be a part of that, man. I don't care what niggas laughing. They get laughed because I, I know anybody would have wanted to be in that moment a part of that. You know, it was just being a part of the music of it. You know now, now what happened on on, on that night nigga, uh, was crazy and it was funny, man. But had that not happened, Monday doesn't happen. You know what I mean? Well, you know what it, it is too is that is that it's timing, right? And so and so sometimes when when it's time for for a new height or a new elevation, there there's this thing that seems like disruption or this thing this thing that looks like a shakeup. And to the people on the outside. That's why when I put my post, you know what I'm saying, taking tragedy and turning it into strategy. Because right. from the outside looking in, everybody saw, oh, this is goofy, this is that, this is that. Oh, nigga. And talking to you the next day in your mind, you're like this, watch this, though. Exactly. And so there's that shakeup that you have to, you know, when all, all these other things start crumbling down, those are the things that now you stand on top of even higher. Hey, nigga, you know what I, I'm saying? I, I, Jay, you and Jay can attest to this. I'm back and been up against the wall several times, you know. No so strange Yeah, nigga. And, and worse than this, nigga. The, the shit yeah. with me and Jamie that he talking about right now with Usher, nigga, doing the Grammy weekend. Nigga, <laughs> nigga. Yeah, nigga, you don't get no. That, that is like, nigga, you, how do you come back from that, man? Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. so, nigga, that nigga Dre hit me. He was like, uh, shit, they, they going crazy. He said, nigga. Uh, <laughs> they going he said, crazy. He said, but, uh. I said, I'm gonna see how you gonna and, and Dre's so smooth, man. He said, I'm see how you come out of this one. He said, nigga, you come out of this one, nigga. It's the best shit in the world. I ain't seen this one. And nigga, you know, I love that dude, man. We talk every day, man. You know, you taught me a lot. That's one of my he, if you say I had a mentor, it is him and 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 you know, looking at him and understand what he's done, man. That dude has showed me so much and gratitude, let me do stuff. So when he to get his blessings over it, I ain't care about what the mother nigga was saying. When that dude, yeah, when he get yeah. that, he was like, nigga, you did it. And I'm going to give it a shout out to Bow Wow because that nigga hit me the next morning, nigga. What, I gotta, I, I, I'm going to say this text. That nigga sent me a text. He was like, nigga, fuck what them old niggas are saying, nigga. I'm trying to tell you, nigga. You on fire, nigga. <laughs> nigga, one, nigga. <laughs> shout out to Bow Wow. He shout got out a nice brush line out. The man. brush is very nice. Wait, he got a brush man. I got his brush. I got one of his brushes. Oh, shit. Man, that nigga nice was like, that nigga was like, nigga, I'm a mean nigga. They get me all the time, nigga. But your shit is on another level, nigga. I was like, yeah, what? Boy. No, 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 Brian, you had the gospel niggas. The gospel, yeah. like, you got, you know what I'm talking about? Like, because that's a whole other thing. Yeah. People don't know the difference with the, with the R&B or the secular music in the gospel world. When I saw them doing parodies of you, I was like, oh, yeah. this is, this is, this is out of here. It's out of here. Niggas yeah. wearing the Kango. Yeah, and I seen. <laughs> hey, man, I seen the boy. I, I got to talk to Tyrese. I seen Tyrese kill me. He was killing me. I tell you, Tyrese said that nigga drove down there to beat him. I was like, I'm dying, nigga. I'm just starting laughing. <laughs> <laughs> that nigga Tyrese is funny, man. That nigga's funny, man. You and Tank, Tank, you and Tyrese are funny as shit, man. So, man, but but I appreciate it, man. It it, it, it turned out, and like you said, Tank, because you know I take certain phone calls, man. It's funny because I was I was we got a screenshot at a night me being in the studio, and I was actually 
talking to you like nigga. We I don't care what they saying. I know this music hitting. So, you know, and, and when the music was hitting, and shout out to Teddy and Babyface, man, because you can't, I, I, I take that moment 10 times over none to be in that you moment, should. man, because you know, yeah. I, I, I will always be in that moment, because, nigga, I'm, I asked, I asked Fat Joe, I was doing the interview, I was like, nigga, what the fuck was you doing when Groove became on, nigga? <laughs> he was like, that nigga, if you see me, that nigga's dancing, we doing this shit, we going crazy, we doing all this. That nigga started dancing, he going back and forth, I'm nigga, how could you not? When Groovy, come on, nigga, not go crazy. That's, that, and, that's a great question. How could you not? Groovy and the wait a minute. First of all, the the show first, and then Groovy. Yeah. Well, Tyree says you threw in the towel. T I L E. Yeah, I don't even know what he was <laughs> talking about, man. So I'm like, nigga, they got he your ass too. He, yeah. he should be doing it. Yeah, they don't. They don't even play, man. I, I, so, man, but well, but it was great, Tank. It was great, man. And well, I, I, I appreciate. Um, you know, we we definitely don't want to hold you long. We know, you know, you 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 popping. You are brother first, but you're popping and your time is important. Hey, but, but what I do, but what I do, Tank, you notice I'm a real dude, man. I, I fuck I fuck with my guys first. When Fat Joe hit me coming back off that shit, you know, I was like, nigga, he's like, man, before you go, I'm like, nigga, you ain't got no I'm you, what you want, Fat Joe? You know, what you want, Noriega? What y'all want? Because yeah. there ain't no if you don't have the bottom, you go to the top, nigga, you fall all the way out. Yeah. So I'm always get it up, and that's what I've always given. You know that about me is what it is. I'm gonna start there. When you ask me, you know, I was like, "Nigga, cool. Let's just make it right." I want to come talk about this shit because if you saw a post that I said, I said, "Tank, Tank is saving R&B." You and Jay, I said, "Man, help is on the way." Because I'm, I'm really, we were talking about on the phone the other day, man. That if you want to know my initiative, man, is to help that come back. And I said, "Tank, let's figure out what that way is." Yeah. You know, to do it because these kids out here, man, niggas just ain't going to look for them. The motherfuckers yeah. out here. Yeah. Like, the kids are out here. It's talent out here. You know, Teddy Sound is out here. I was like, man, we got to we gonna recreate that. You, know, you saw it. Bruno Mars took the whole shit. Oh, Made a mint. Yeah, nigga, he took you know, New Jack's wing and motherfucking and, and killed and his did shit. And Yeah, and, and the, the clothes and everything. everything. Like, this nigga took everything, nigga. So... If he could do that, man, I'm like, man, we can give that to some of these 17-year-old, 18-year-old kids that's, you know, that that, that want to do it and show them a new way of doing it, but bring that sound back and so we don't lose our damn music, man. That's the yeah. way to usher it in. When you asked me, I was like, man, let's give it to those young kids. It ain't always got to be everything rap, man. We we keep doing it because we giving everything like, oh, nigga, let's sign the rapper. Let's sign the female man. rapper. Like, nigga, you know. I want niggas to sing so bad, man. But they out but, here though, James. But it, but it starts with us. It starts with the elders not being able, not being afraid to invest. Right. You know what I'm saying? Into that thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you know we are hundred percent about it. You telling us? I mean, me and you been talking about it. You no hundred percent about it. Yeah. And it's and and between all of us and the other, and the resources that we have and the other people that we know that are about it, we can make this shit happen. Yeah. For sure. I tell you what, coming coming out of this, man. You make you love music and fun, but I'm telling you, man, if people can make some happy, fun R&B, like that that sound where Teddy was dancing and had you grooving, like that's the sound that people want. People don't want to be, you know, motherfuckers don't want to be sad. They want to get lifted. People want to be lifted out of this yeah. what we've been through, man. So yeah. we can do that. We can do that through song, though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling you, it's cool. With the, the rap is great because we're going to support that. But you remember rappers used to come to the R&B guys, you know, just sing their hooks, you know what I'm saying? That's how they got here. Yeah. You tell the truth. 
Yeah, we would yeah. we would have bought them of it. We, they we stand on our it. shoulders right yeah. now. Yeah, so it's like, man, Singing I tell you guys to give, give 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 us some of that back, lend that back to the other side, man. And, and, you know, you know, help help us out so we can balance the music business back out. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's got to be a balance, man. So, got to be balanced. Bro, I'm here to support that, man. Love y'all boys, man. Whatever y'all need, I'm here, man. Because y'all niggas... Yeah, we appreciate niggas, you, bro. Y'all yeah, niggas going. Y'all niggas acting, comedian, comedy. Y'all niggas... Oh, <laughs> y'all niggas... Y'all niggas... And y'all, now we're podcasting. Hey, listen. And nigga, y'all is Chitlin Circuit Entertainment. Nigga, that's what it is. The Chitlin Circuit... But it works, nigga. Yes, sir. And that shit do not fall out. I'm well, telling you. Because it's about the people. It's about getting out in the street and getting to the people. As long as you ain't afraid to do that, you'll always have something. Man, oh. this is great, man. I love to do this with my friends, man. So whatever y'all need, man, I'm with y'all, man. I appreciate you having him, bro, man. Oh, good. Thank you for that. All right, bro. All right, love, All right, bro. Love. So that was the young fella, Brian. Yeah, he had godly yeah. history. His story is great. I didn't, I didn't know some of that. And I've known no, him, like I said, 20 years. Sure, I've, I known, I've known Brian since I was 19, 18 and 19. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, out of D.C.? It's crazy. That's crazy. Shout out to Swiss for tapping in. Yeah, Carrie Shout out to Carrie Hilson tapped in. Neil Wright. Coleson tapped in. Isaiah Thomas. Clay tapped in. Yeah, Chris Hicks. Oh, hey, it's been this was a good season. It's been heavy in here. Hey. It's, been, it's been heavy in here tonight. We're back with that boy Chris, boy. We've been back at the beginning of that tank thing, yeah. boy. That new time. Clay. Clay was Clay, Clay tapped in. I saw Clay in there. Yeah, before before we before we get out of here though, man, you know, quick. Mm -hmm. It's Beyonce feature. Ooh, the Beyonce feature. Ooh, mm. ooh, tabernacle. Ooh, hey, Beyonce Crockett. Oh, great Beyonce. Listen, don't do. Actually, you know what? We we will actually be popping if Beyonce. If Beyonce. If they're gonna do a paradise like spice <laughs> to us, then we'll be popping. I see, probably do me, I'm the light I see Spank in this job. H-Town? H-Town for the H-Town. Oh, yeah. Okay. Come on, knocking okay. the boots. Come on, man. I'll take it. Okay, Beyonce. Oh, yeah, Beyonce, 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 Beyonce. Beyonce is so disrespectful on that Savage record. She is, I, I right now, right now, if Beyonce dropped, a rap EP. I buy it. I'm buying it. I'm buying it. So is Beyonce the hardest female rapper right now on this verse? Can anybody fuck with her? I mean, listen. The bars was Nikki the is. The bars was tough. Nikki still. Nikki still bars, in this space. The bars was. The, the bars was tough. Beyonce <laughs> talking about opening up at OnlyFans. Beyonce talking about his demon time. Yeah, that's it. That concerns me. Quarantine, quarantine, It's demon time. God oh. damn it. Oh, that's one of the coldest speeches I've ever heard. Beyonce, my top female rapper right now. I, I'm, I'm willing to argue about that. <laughs> my top female rapper. I don't get it. Beyonce's way. I don't really even know nobody else's bars. I know her bars. Shout out to Beyonce for just being disrespectful. <sighs> she was already she already performing in stadiums, sold out stadiums with the craziest show production vocal. I don't even know what that was. Sometimes you look at stuff and you're like, yeah, 
I'll never get that. That's how I was looking at Beyonce. You know, you inspire the things. You know what I'm saying? You got, I'm competitive. I see some things. I wanted them to get it. And I saw Beyonce up there r running across one of her runways. There was probably half a football field long. And I said, yeah, I'm not going to have one of those. <laughs> no. That costs more than the show. That costs more than the show. That costs more than my show. That's uh, fine. Whatever. Yeah, Beyonce ain't fair. She's not fair. Shout out to the man. Shout out to the, the she's she the best. She's she, she the best out of here. Nobody touched me. Um, shout out to Brian for coming through, man, giving us a real history lesson. Um, yeah. Not just his history, man, but just history, period. Yeah, music. Bars, music. man. So many bars in that. And we got to do that. And we got to do that. And that's why we started our podcast is to celebrate. Yeah. Like, we're not here to hate on nobody. We're not here to bash people for what they're doing. Because everything, even things you don't like, they take time. Yeah. It takes time to do that. So when you hear people bashing somebody else's music or whatever they're doing, it's like somebody took time out of their life to make that. Like, if you don't like it, you know, that's cool. You can have your opinion of it. But when people go bashing, and I think that's why we wanted to start our podcast so we could start celebrating. Period. You know what I'm saying? Like, Period. we want to start celebrating people. And yeah, API, if you want to come on the show, you know what I mean? You shooting your shots. You want to come on here? You know we get you on that, baby. Listen. People don't know about how, how, how deeply artistic you are. Yeah. 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 So there's that. Me and Wright in here. Right so, up, man. So, you know, listen, if it's, it's some people that y'all feel like we should interview, some people that we should tap in, you know what like I mean? Jack McClendon here. Come McClendon. on, man. Come on, son. So, you know, Step back, King. You know, highlight us, you know? We on, we on Tank's live, but my live is, uh, at my page is at J Valentine. For, you know, because we get that a lot. Like, who is his son that he's sitting next to? <laughs> I'm not this nigga's son. I'm a grown-ass man, dog. So, you know what I mean? If, you know, y'all think of some people we should, we should uh, bring on the show? Carrie, we need you on the show. I see you doing, I, I see you doing some, some IG live with the African brothers. So, uh, you know. Tap in with us. Y'all and beat brothers. Tap in with us. Amen. So yeah, you know, that's 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 why we're doing the RB Money podcast, man. That we want to give out the flowers. We want people to know, you know, that that people are more than memes or more than a joke and, and what they really mean to this industry. Yeah. And what they mean to us. Yeah, yeah. That's our partner. And I was serious about that. When I was no 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 Brian, no battle. I, I meant that. So I didn't I didn't watch it until Brian. They called me and told me Brian and so came back. Right. And then that's when Teddy played Remember the Time. Do you remember when we had love? Way, way too close to be Michael Jackson. Do you remember? You are a trash MJ, bro. You crazy. crazy. Oh, that, that's we didn't even mention that too. Yeah. So I, another MJ and they whole thing because you know we had an argument about about the whole thing last week. Dennis Rodman. Important. Dennis Rodman is an R and B singer. Important. He's a rock star. A rock star, really? He's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a rock star. He took a vacation. A vacation. During the middle of the season. Middle season. To go right. hang out with his breezy. I need I need to go clear my mind. 
Is that what? That's, that's what Dennis is doing. Is that what you think he? That's how he said it. He cooks all the way out. I, I need to go clear my mind. I'm falling apart here. I just said. I need a minute. Hey, is it me or is it something about niggas that are almost about to cry? <laughs> They scary. They scary. Like you know, they're at their wit's end, bro. They're at the end. Allen Iverson. They're at the Mike end. Mike Tyson, bro. Dennis Rodman. They're at the end. Yeah. When, they, right. when they get to that place where their eyes well up, back up, back up. Dennis needed a break. He needed a break. And and Phil and Mike looked at him and said, Yeah, he needs a break. He needs a break. He needs a break. Because if we don't give him a break, ain't no telling what he gonna do out here. Right. Because you got to remember that uh, Metal World Peace, Ron Artest, asked for a break before the no, malice no, no, had to pass. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. He asked for a break, and people laughed at him because he said um, he was doing a rap album. He was working on a rap album, and he was like, yeah, I probably just need like a week or two off. And he's just like, hold on, they do an NBA basketball free. You can't take no time off. Nobody that realized... Mentally, he probably just needed that break. Somebody said, listen, it don't matter. Somebody said, Coke break. Listen, it don't matter what kind of break it was for his mental stability. He needed a change of scenery. He needed to go do something different so that the thing he was currently doing wouldn't break him. See, if you've no, ever been in that be place. Playing with my nose. <laughs> no, playing with my nose. Hey, listen. Wasn't no drug testing back then. But guess Maybe what? But guess know. what? When he when he got back to the team, still in shape, oh, still yeah. ready to go. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm back now. He ran all of it out. Needed that time. Y'all ready? Cause I'm ready. Let's go win a championship. Let's go win a championship. That's crazy. He took a break, bro. Took a break. When I say when I say I need a break. Yeah, Andy Andy had karma election. He had karma Listen, and this is crazy, right? And and just to go some, to something else as it relates to Dennis Rodman, and 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 being yourself unapologetically. And when Dennis Rodman was sitting there being interviewed in the gold with the gold hair and the gold <laughs> and all the gold, and I'm sitting there and I'm looking at him, I'm like, I'm like, he was wow, <laughs> but he was committed. He was committed. Right. And so I'm sitting there with my son. I'm sitting there with Zion. I'm sitting there with my son. And, um, and Zion says, why does he have all that, all that stuff on his face, Daddy? I said, yeah. I said, well, I mean, I said, some, you know, some consider it weird. You know what I mean? He was kind of a weird guy. I was like, but he was being himself. That's him being himself. And he was happy. He's like, being himself, but why would he? I said, he was happy with being there. When he woke up and put that gold on, that made him happy. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of weird, but that's him. And then he looked at he looked at him, he looked at me, he said, Well, I think it's kind of cool. And I was like, wow. From a five-year-old. From a five-year-old. Do you think also that Madonna actually told him though, listen, this will take you to another level? I don't think Madonna, I don't think she gave him instruction in that manner. I no. think I think she just freed him. I think Dennis Rodman, remember he had been always, he had always been kind of in 
some different spaces after those first after those Detroit years, right? Right. It was already just kind of, and I think whatever Madonna was on, he bought into it. Helped free him. You don't have to be the stereotypical what everybody else has to be. You don't have to be Michael Jordan. Right. You can be Dennis Rodman. Right. And whatever that is, do it. No, because when, when Dennis Rodman came to the Bulls, he was arguably the biggest star. Star. Because, like they said, like, Michael Jordan didn't go nowhere. Like, he was a prisoner of his own success. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's just like, you know, the top guys now, you just won't see them out. They just can't right. move the same way. Michael right. Jordan couldn't move the same way, but you could literally go have a drink with Dennis Rodman. Period. You would show you, could, you, you, would, go, you go somewhere Rodman. random and be like, this. oh, shit, they go Dennis Rodman. They go Dennis Rodman. And he, but I think she allowed him, she freed him. She said, hey, does that make you, does wearing that toenail polish make you happy? Right. And he's like, oh, yeah, it absolutely does. Yeah. yeah. Speaking well, of that, it's funny you said something, because that's another nigga we didn't shout out. Ty Dolla Sign popped up in here. No, come on. King of the, king of the, of the polish. Come on, Ty Dolla Sign. Love Ty Dolla Sign. Ty Dolla Sign. Ty, super gifted. It's true. Super gifted. That guy's true. I had to call him and ask him one day. I was like, man, where? I'm listening to his album. I was like, where are you from? I don't, something ain't adding up. And he was like, I'm from church, man. I started, you know, he said, like, I do this. I do. I was like, we need Ty on here. All right. I said, no, that don't make sense. Yeah, we need Ty on here. Because Ty don't do a whole bunch of interviews neither. My we wife need, just tapped in and said, okay. Yeah, she's so tapping out on me. She getting out of here. I got to go home. She, 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 she put a, she said something in code that, that the husbands know. Gotta go, bro. Gotta go. I run my house. That's the thing. So I'm have Robin on your show. I don't know Dennis Robin. No long show. We'll, we can find it. I don't know how to find Dennis Robin, bro. I, I know how to find a lot of people. I don't know how to find Dennis Robin. I don't, I don't Man, think Dennis, think Dennis like Robin got an Instagram or something. I promise <laughs> you, he got it. I don't know if you know how to work it, but we're gonna find him. I'm sure we know at least one or two NBA cats that played with Dennis Robin. Oh, and we need Bobby L O. We gotta get Bobby Brown. Who was he? Bobby Brown. We do need Bobby. Talk to Bobby. He's up the street. He's ready. Oh no no. Z said that's not cold. Hurry the fuck up. All right. Well, we got to thank y'all for tuning in to the army. Tune in to the army money podcast. Give me too much blood at the Valentine house. Give me blood over here. Yeah. Partner Jay Valentine, uh, I'm Tank. We are R&B Money. We are the authorities on R&B music. And uh, tap in with the tap in. Tap in with the tap in, man. We we'll see y'all next Wednesday. We can see y'all next Wednesday. Um, I'm going home. All right, nigga, get out. <laughs>